you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host for today. And we are back this week with Paul and Maggie. And Maggie, welcome back to the show. You've been away for a little while with the draft. You got married. You were on a honeymoon. Um, so lots of stuff happening in your life. We're glad to have you back. Very happy to have you back today. Um, so just quickly, quickly, where'd you go for your honeymoon and, and how was it? We went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee and Asheville, North Carolina, and I begrudgingly went back to work. Uh, but if I had my say, I would not have gone back. So... Well, it so- sounds like then it was a, a pretty good honeymoon then if uh, <laughs> if you did not want to go back to work. And you said you went to eight different breweries? I did. There were 45 in the city, but I only had time to go to oh. eight, which, <laughs> you know, I tried really hard, but I... <laughs> couldn't get to all of them. See, you know, I'm not originally from Wisconsin, so I can't tell if 8 out of 45 is impressive, like, amongst Wisconsinites, or if it's disappointing, but, I mean, I guess personally, 8 is very impressive, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, but it's, it, it, we're glad to have you back. Sounds like you had a lot of fun uh, on your honeymoon. Sounds like you're enjoying married life, so great to have you back. We're really excited for that. Um, so, today... Um, we're in that again I, I said this last week we're we're in that time of the year where you know we had OTAs there's there's not a whole lot of like real football stuff going on we're really kind of at that last point before we really kind of get into the you know the beginning meat of the season so we, I, we were brainstorming about what we could be talking about on today oh and by the way in case you don't know as of today we are officially under 100 days till Packers Bears. We are 99 days away now from the start of the NFL season, which is very exciting. Uh, but back to our topic for the day. So we were discussing of what we could talk about. And one of the things we kind of came across is this Packers team is very different. You have a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator. And I mean, even really, even though Mike Pettin's not technically new this year, he's really, he's in his second year. So the coaching staff is all 
basically completely new than what we've known over the past 10, 12 years. And you look at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, that the defense doesn't look much of like anything really that we've seen in the past three or four years. So we're talking about with all the new additions, coaching staff, players, things looking a lot different, what position are we most excited for to watch this season with all the new and upcoming players that, that the Packers seem to have. And so we decided we'd go around and just share a position that we are most interested in watching this season. And so, Maggie, you haven't been on in a while, so we'll start with you. So give me a position or a player or you know that you're really just intrigued about watching this season with all the new additions. Well, this is really good timing because my 2019 jersey selection just came in the mail. Um, and anyone that follows me on Twitter knows that I decided uh, this season to go with a Zadarius Smith jersey. Um, I am really excited about the outside linebackers. Uh, I think that the improvement, especially in free agency alone, has been dramatic um, by signing Zadarius and Preston Smith in a matter of hours. You could really tell that it was going to be a point of emphasis for uh, Brian Gutekunst, and then for the first pick of the draft to be Rashawn Gary, you are immediately bringing in a lot of talent to that room. Uh, there's a lot to like here. Um, if you listen to Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach, when he was interviewed uh, last week for um, when the coaches are made available to the media, he had nothing but high praise to say about Rashawn Gary. Um, everyone should remember that he just came over from Kansas City. Uh, where he worked with D Ford and Justin Houston, uh, two really big names at outside linebacker. And he had said that he'd never seen a combination of Rashawn Gary's sides, size, speed, and athleticism. So when you pair that with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and the kind of production that they've gotten um, the last couple seasons with the Ravens and the Redskins, there's a lot to like there, especially when you compare their numbers to Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, who, of course, are no longer with the team. Uh, but when Kyler Fackrell is your 2018 uh, sack leader as a rotational player, that really, to me, indicates that the Packers are not doing a very good job getting pressure um, on the quarterback. So uh, Mike Smith touched on that in his interview. He said that was going to be a really big point heading into 2019 is create pressure, and then see what comes of that. The sacks will come, the turnovers will come just from that pressure alone. And so, you know, it's it's, it's interesting that you had mentioned the outside linebackers because I was thinking about this the other day that the storyline from last offseason, actually really right before the regular season started, was everybody was in on Khalil Mack and the Khalil Mack sweepstakes. And I was really thinking about if Green Bay somehow made that trade, you would have three of the players you just mentioned more than likely would not be on this, this Packers roster. You probably wouldn't have gone out and signed either Smith and you would have had to given up both first-round draft picks more than likely in order to acquire Khalil Mack, which would mean no Rashawn Gary and no uh, Darnell Savage, which, you know, I really started to think about it. I know as much as everybody really wanted 
Khalil Mack, and as great as it would be, almost more to just not have to play him twice a year. Uh, you know, I'm actually, when I look at the Packers roster today, especially with what they've done uh, with the edge rusher and their first two round, first, uh, their two first round draft picks, I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't make that trade with the way things all shaked out. And, and, and Paul, I, I, do you have any thoughts on, on that trade not going through and now how this roster is kind of assembled, especially at the outside linebacker position? Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, from how you just phrased it, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but it does make a lot of sense. And it's a great position to be excited about because it's going to be you know, from that position, it's going to be something that we haven't seen in a while. It's gained a lot of size, but also they're more athletic players as well. And there's going to be that trickle-down effect to the interior line. Um, Zadarius and Rashawn Gary can both kick inside if needed. Um, and so overall, the defensive front's just a lot better. And as Megan mentioned with Kyler Fackrell, you know, he posted 10, 10 and a half sacks, but I think eight of those were over three games. So there just wasn't any sort of consistent pressure from that edge position. And I'm, I'm really excited for it as well. It's going to be something we haven't seen consistently here in a while. To Paul's point too, about the pressures, Zadarius Smith led the league in 2018 with creating the most pressures of a player that had less than 700 snaps. So when you think about Clay Matthews with three and a half sacks and Nick Perry with one and a half sacks, Zadarius Smith only had eight and a half sacks for the season. So yes, it was less than Kyler Fackrell, but He's creating consistent pressure, and he doesn't always get home for the sack, but he's constantly disrupting the offense, and that's something that the Packers have desperately needed. Absolutely, and you know, you put both of those names out there, what, Perry with one and Matthews with three and a half or, or those numbers. When you when you consider what those guys were making and and what they were, you know, in quote unquote their primes, four sacks out of two players is not that great. So yeah, outside linebacker, edge rusher, definitely a, a, an exciting position. Packer fans should be very excited about. Um, so I, I want to move next to you, Paul. Uh, obviously, we're all very excited about the edge rusher, but you had a different position that you wanted to discuss as far as what you're excited about watching this season. Yeah, so we're talking about exciting positions, so naturally had to go with the most exciting, sexiest option, offensive line. Um, reason I'm picking this is last year it was, uh, it was a big aspect in why the offensive struggled. They gave up as a unit. 3.3 sacks per game, tied for second most, 53 total, tied for third most. And if we recall, countless sacks on third down last year. That was just incredibly frustrating. And as I said before, this team, even with all the changes that you mentioned in the beginning, Nick, this team will only go as far as Aaron Rodgers takes them. They have to keep him upright. And so in doing so, they added athleticism and versatility, the Brian Gutekunst special. So Billy Turner is going to come in at right guard. Um, Elton Jenkins, they took in the second round. Um, Turner's played every position in the NFL except center, I believe. And uh, Jenkins has played up and down the line at Mississippi State before finding a home at center. Um, and so I'm expecting a lot more position battles. So we know uh, Turner's going to start at right guard, but I'm expecting Jenkins to push Lane Taylor for a starting spot. Um, Taylor struggled last year, gave up eight sacks, 36 pressures. Um, I know they came out after the season, said he was injured. We hope he bounces back, but I guess we don't know for certain that he will. And 
with Jenkins' athleticism, ability, and space, he's going to fit that Lafleur zone running scheme better, in my opinion. He also held up as a pass blocker very well. And then we look at Cole Madison coming back. I know he's had a year off from football, but Gudikens, the coaching staff, they're all still very high on him. And if anything, right away, he's going to add depth. Um, and from, you know, if he lives up to the build that he's gotten, he'll compete for starting reps um, at some point this season. And so it'll just be interesting for me to see. Obviously, I hope they play a lot better. But we can also look at right tackle with Balaga, too. When he's in the game, he's very good. But we talked about this last time. You know, he's injury prone, doesn't often play the full 16 games. So if he does get injured, what are they going to do? Is Billy Turner going to kick outside? Is Al Jenkins going to go out there? They said he could play tackle potentially in the NFL, maybe not as full time. Um, So I just, the overall depth, the versatility of the guys who can be moved around. And then, of course, you got the mainstays, Bakhtiari, Lindsley, and Bulag on the outside. So I'm just anticipating a much better unit with the starting five, much deeper unit, more athletic, more versatile. You know, and and uh, I like the way that you described it by making by qu- calling it the sexiest pick of offensive line because uh, you know offensive line gets such a bad rap because they don't they don't they don't score points they don't do anything and you never want to hear their name because usually it means. They've given up. Yes, something bad has happened, and so it's interesting because uh, on on the opposite weeks from you guys, I have Jacob Westendorf and Owen Reese, and we have talked about offensive line depth and the importance of it. And you you know, it really it's hard to get excited about because you don't necessarily pay much attention to it in the games. But I also fully agree because. I mean, when you – so in the NFL, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. We can all agree with that. And so the thought process has really become then, if the most important position on the field is quarterback, then the second most important position would be somebody that can get after the other team's quarterback, eliminate that piece, right? Which mm-hmm. would then almost like really make you think that the third most important part of the team would be to keep your quarterback upright. So this idea that, you know, the Packers offensive line really struggled last year, like you said, Paul, and it was very frustrating to watch Aaron Rodgers run for his life. And we can we can say that some of that was due to the fact that, you know, he was holding onto the ball probably longer than he normally does, which is a whole different conversation entirely. But the reality is, is some of the time, if if not at least half the time, he was getting chased because his line, and not necessarily a fault of their own, but they they just they weren't holding up like they 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 really should be. And so I think with the new additions that you had mentioned, I think it it really is something that people probably won't pay attention to, but will definitely notice if they play well and very much appreciate. Um, and so, I, Meg, I just want to get your thoughts quickly on you know some of these new additions, um, and as far as kind of what you expect to see from the offensive line this year yeah I really I think we have to stop saying that the offensive line picks aren't sexy because David Bakhtiari at the Bucks game slammed so many beers <laughs> that I think all of Wisconsin fell in love with him so fantastic. I think we need to uh, consider that maybe he's making offensive line cool again um, <laughs> but you know Brian Blaga to Paul's point 
can't stay healthy. Um, 2016 was the only time he played in all 16 games in his career. So it, he, when he's healthy, he is phenomenal. He's one of the best right tackles in the game. Um, but relying on anyone to stay healthy, whether it's the quarterback, you know, we've gotten pretty lucky having an Ironman center and an Ironman left tackle, but it really helps now going into this season, knowing that you have more depth behind those players. Um, last season, having to rotate around Byron Bell, Justin McCray, Lucas Patrick, it was like musical chairs on the offensive line. So none of those guys could really get comfortable at any spot. Uh, so I know it's always a gamble to have guys stay healthy, but if you can get consistency on the offensive line with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, that offense already looks so much better. You know, and and one thing too to very much consider as the as as I'm sure the Packers have, but as a pack as Packers fans, the both the Bears and the Vikings have very very good front sevens. All the more reason why you don't why you don't necessarily need good starters, but good depth because, like you said, Maggie, the you know. One of it feels like offensive line on just every team is a position just due to their their strength and their size and the people they go up against that it it seems like it's more and more difficult to get a full 16 games out of offensive linemen all the more reason to have good depth behind your starters. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's something that that Packer fans should just be happy about that you have you know, some good depth behind those players. And, you know, with, with the new additions in the draft, Billy Turner in free agency, and even like Paul, like you mentioned, Cole Madison coming back, those are all just good good things to have, if nothing more than to be like, hey, we're not just bringing back the same guys from last year. You can maybe see some improvement across the line there. Um, so we'll move to our last group here uh, for positions we're excited about that would be mine. I am most excited, and I, I feel like I do this all the time when, when I'm doing the podcast, but I, I always feel like I do like a cop-out. But the one position I am very excited to watch this year is the quarterback, and that is all due to the fact that new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coach, new head coach who is very offensive-minded. Aaron Rodgers hasn't he's had one head coach in his life or as far as a starter he's only had one I, I, I don't remember the year he was drafted maybe he was part of that Sherman team I can't remember if you guys know please correct me but as far as being a starter he's only ever had one head coach and so he's got now a young head coach he's got a new offensive coordinator new quarterbacks coach and Everything that happened last year with Aaron, there were the rumors that he and McCarthy didn't get along, and then there were the rumors that he didn't like McCarthy's play calling and that the offense was stale. And whether or not any of that is true is not necessarily the point, but it is now how does he respond to a new offense? How does the rest of the offense respond to it? And how does he work with these coaches? And with how seemingly frustrated he seemed to be with the offense last year, some of that due to his own injury, some of that due to lack of experience at the wide receiver position, it's going to be interesting. I am very excited to see what he does. And everything out of OTA says that he and LaFleur are getting along great. They're having fun. They're having conversations. They're not just people in the same room. And it doesn't sound like it's just lip service for the media to be like, oh, hey, look, after all the bad, you know, 
publicity Aaron Rodgers got last year, we got to make it look good. No, it sounds like they're actually getting along. And so I'm really interested to see what LaFleur brings to the offense and how Aaron Rodgers runs with that. And if, you know, and I feel like we'll find out very quickly um, if they're where the truth lies from all the drama that happened last year, I, I think we'll find out very quickly if the offense was actually stale. I, I, I personally tend to believe right now that it was that they just kind of needed to change the room a little bit. But I, I'm just very excited to see where this new offense goes. And I mean, you go back to the year after they won the Super Bowl, went 15 and one, and I mean, it was it was offensive fireworks all over the place, and nobody could stop them. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers has that talent. Like, it's not a diminishment of talent. It's not aging. It's something else that he was frustrated with. Maybe it was the injury. But I'm excited to see a healthy Aaron Rodgers behind a revamped offensive line with a new head coach, new playbook, new offensive coordinator. That is what I am most excited to to see. And one of you, please tell me I'm not copying out here with this pick. <laughs> no, I think that's a, I think that's a great pick. I mean, every you know unit on offense is going to be more exciting this year, especially with Lafleur mixed in. You know, we just talked about the offensive line um, having more depth and hopefully becoming a better unit. The receivers, you know, we know what Devonte can do. Geronimo is going to be healthy. I mean, he led the team through four weeks in receiving yards ahead of Devonte before he got hurt. The three rookie receivers are now in their second year. You hope they can make that jump. Hopefully we see a lot more Aaron Jones action and Jamal Williams. We know that the Tennessee offense did. They think they were they were top 10 in the league last year in rushing yards per game. Um, and then tight ends. They play a big part in the Fleur system. Um, we saw guys last year at Tennessee like Luke, Luke Stocker, Janu Smith. They put up uh, personal best career highs in um, some receiving categories. So hopefully that will reinvigorate Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, and then experienced guys in um, Sternberger and Tanyan. And, and Maggie, am I copying out here with this pick, or, or is there like legitimacy to be excited about it? No, I think that one of the sneaky good offseason moves that the Packers made was bringing Luke Getze in to be Aaron Rodgers' quarterback's coach. Um, there was a lot in the media, of course, about how Aaron Rodgers felt like he wasn't being consulted about decisions. Did he need to be consulted? Was that something that the team should do? Um, he had a previous relationship with Luke Getze when he was the wide receivers coach in Green Bay. Um, so there's a familiarity there. And with so much change happening in um, the structure of the coaching staff with LaFleur coming in and with Nathaniel Hackett, I thought it was a really good move to bring in somebody that Aaron Rodgers had some trust in. Um, but I think Packer fans should be excited to have a healthy Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 2017, the season started really strong before Aaron Rodgers took that hit. And I know fans don't like to think about it and they don't like to talk about it. But their record looked really good, and they were making a push, and they were in a lot of conversations as being one of the best teams in the league. Then in 2018, the season opener, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and he's just unable to play like himself for the rest of the season. So it'll be a new offense, but Aaron Rodgers will be the consistent factor there. And when he's healthy, he's the greatest. So to have Aaron Rodgers back in offense and be healthy – with, you know, a new revamped scheme. It's something that it's not a cop out. It's very exciting. Well, and Paul, like you said, to start the show here, this team only goes as far as Aaron Rodgers will take them. So 
I'm right. glad to know it's not a full cop-out, even though it does feel kind of like one. And I just want to say, when you mentioned Aaron Rodgers in the interviews, I 100% agree with you. I just wasn't sure when I was thinking that, that I was, you know, being the homer like you had mentioned. He looks just more relaxed and like he's enjoying himself being at OTAs. And, I mean, even at the Bucks game, I mean, everything that's happened at those games, for example, I think would have happened in the last few years. But it just seems more genuine, like he's having fun in what he's doing. I don't know. Did you guys pick up on that at all? I mean, I, I certainly um, – the the whole beer chugging thing with him <laughs> and Bakhtiari, which was the one thing I wanted to bring up before we closed out here, uh, um, I, that was so much fun to, A, see both of them do. Um, you know, I, I truly wonder, like – does Aaron Rodgers really just not know how to chug a beer or was he like, I I don't know what he was doing there, but it was just fun to see him indulge his, you know, that that's indulge a, the fans of Milwaukee, the bucks who are most likely all Packer fans as well um, to be able to do that. And um, I I think it shows that, you know, it, it is just a little lighter side of Aaron Rodgers that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have seen this past year. And so I think it's a good sign. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's just it's good to see them having fun outside of the football field. Um, and that goes that's that's even beyond Aaron Rodgers. Now, I feel like David Bakhtiari would have done that regardless of everything that had been going on. It just seems like his personality, considering he slammed, what, three beers in the span of about 30 seconds. Um, but I, it's good to see. It's good for fans to be able to see, I think, that they are willing to do these fun things away from the field. It's not just strictly all the time football. Okay, so before we wrap, my position of interest was the outside linebackers. So let me get your quick takes on this. Nick Perry is still unsigned floating around the NFL. What are your thoughts? Bring him back cheap. Is the position good? Yes or no on Nick Perry? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, so let me think. We got Rashawn Gary, Kyler Fackrell, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. Um, Reggie Gilbert, Kendall Donerson. I say no at this point. You got the four solid, and then they'll have Gilbert or Donerson likely as the fifth. So I, I think I'm thinking no. I would. I would. So this is this is where again this is it. It all depends for me. A. It depends on how much you're willing to pay him because he's after cutting him recently. I'm not willing to give him a whole lot of money. But if he'll come in at you know the veterans minimum, and then the other thing that I would want to basically be able to do is let him compete in the preseason. And if I don't like what I see from him after four preseason games, be able to cut him with very little, if next to no cap hit for him. But I think there's an advantage to bringing him in. You know, he was hurt almost all of last year. Um, He's struggled with injuries, which is a, a concern and part of the reason why I feel he was let go in the first place. But he does feel like if he can stay healthy and if you're not asking him to be that every down player, maybe just kind of rotate in on third downs, rush the passer like that and not have to have him play a full, you know, 80% of the snaps, 80, 90% of the snaps in a game that he could maybe give you some more depth than maybe some of those other guys could. I know, Reggie Gilbert is like he was a fan favorite coming out of preseason last year and then 
comparatively in the regular season didn't do nearly what he did in the preseason. So there is a guy that you could potentially who was would is very much now probably more of a situational pass rusher than he would be a full-time edge rusher. So I think if you could bring Nick Perry in to compete and then, you know, potentially be able to move on from him after the preseason if you don't like what you see from him, but for cheap and given that he, you know, he knows the team, he knows the well, I mean, I guess after the the overturn of players, but you know, he knows the he knows the culture of the Packers. I think for the right price and if you could get rid of him with a limited cap hit yeah, I, I don't see there'd be any issue in bringing him back, but I do agree with all the players that you listed. He would, if he made the team, you'd have to move. I think you'd have to clear somebody else for his spot. But I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. But um, I could, I, I'm not gonna like lose sleep if the Packers decide not to go call him and give him a contract for for the season. So I don't think it's necessary, but I don't think it's something that if the Packers do entertain the idea, I don't think it's anything fans should lose their minds over unless the Packers do something stupid with the contract they give them. Yeah, I mean, I like him in that uh, Julius Peppers kind of rotational role. I know he's much younger than Peppers was when he came to Green Bay, but Julius Peppers made the most impact for the team because he wasn't expected to be an every down rusher. Um, my other stipulation for Nick Perry coming back would be that he has to play with a club on his hand at all times because that seemed to be when he was the most productive. <laughs> all right. Well, there you have it. And, you know, this is a great question, Maggie. So two things on Twitter. Follow us at Packaday Podcast. You can follow all of us on Twitter as well. We'll get to that in just a moment. But A, let us know. Nick Perry, yay, nay on potentially bringing him back. Let us know. Tweet at Packaday Podcast. Let us know what you think. Also, we talked about it earlier, tweet us what position you are most excited to watch this year for the Packers. Maybe you agree with all of us. Maybe you completely disagree with all of us. Maybe you think I'm once again copying out with my pick, but whatever, I'm I'm over it. Um, so yeah, let us know your guys' thoughts. Nick Perry, yay, nay on potentially bringing him back and your position that you are very excited and interested in seeing this year with the Packers. So that is all the time we have for today, guys. And quickly, before we do all of the wrap-up, uh, I want to get you guys plugged in here. So, Paul, how can people follow your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettle, B-R-E-T-L. You can find my work at Dairyland Express and PackersTalk.com. And, Maggie, uh, now that you're newly married, any changes to your Twitter? Uh, the Twitter handle is still the same because apparently there's another Maggie Loney in the universe. Uh, so the Twitter handle is at Maggie Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R. And I just started writing for Cheesehead TV. So you can find my writing there as well. Awesome. And as always, you can follow me at SportsMini. But as Jacob Westendorf will always tell you, there is not really a need to because I don't tweet that much. But I'm okay with that. So <laughs> that is all the time we have for today. Maggie, welcome back. We're very glad to have you back on the show. Very excited to uh, have you moving forward uh, for this upcoming season. Very excited for that. So thank you again for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go! You know, when I was traded to Green Bay, I wasn't real sure where Green Bay was, but I was for certain. I knew who Bart Starr was. I knew what he stood for. I knew that he quarterbacked the Packers in what would be the glory years and and just was a an icon. I knew that. I do remember Bart would always go out of his way to come say hello. 
And, and I just thought to myself, I mean, this is crazy. Why would he want to talk to me? And, um, you know, just a very humble guy. Bart is that guy that, you know, he is the, the perfect example of what it means to be an incredible player but a better person. You know, I think he's a great role model for all of us. But even more when you're a Green Bay Packer and you realize how much he's meant to this community. You know, one thing that he did, he always would send me a personal letter after I accomplished, you know, something. Not necessarily something of any magnitude. It may have been my first win. It may have been... You know, a three-game stretch, or it may have been, you know, I didn't play as, as well, and we a tough loss. Send me a nice left, you know. There'll be better days. That, that's just the type of guy he was. To have people talk about what a great guy you are before what incredible quarterback, I think is a dream of, of many players who play because your reputation lasts longer than, than your body and lasts longer than the stats and the wins, but we wouldn't have this place if it hadn't been for a guy like Bart and the championships that they won and the Super Bowls and the MVPs that he won, but he is an incredible, incredible man and uh, he's been a great friend over the years. Star begins the count, takes the snap, he's got the quarterback, take it easy for the touchdown, the Packers are out in front, 20 to 17, and 13 seconds showing on the clock and the Green Bay Packers are going to be. World champion, Peter